Welcome to Wise Student 8-Minute Cleanup, hosted by me, Penny Costaris, your academic and life skills coach and Wise Student founder. In this podcast, students share their unique and valuable insights about school and life. It's all about multitasking, so find something to clean up around you, maybe your binders, your desk, your room, or your car, and be inspired by the advice of these Wise Students while you clean up something in your life. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome everybody, this is Penny and I'm here today with our wise student, Chris. Chris, thank you so much for being here today. Hi Penny, thanks for having me. I'm honored to be your next guest. Oh, thanks so much. I've been looking forward to having you because I'm really excited to have you on because you are a special kind of student, a higher level student. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, I would say I'm a a lifer student. (laughs) (laughs) For life. I'm uh, currently a third-year medical student at the awesome David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA. Wonderful. Um, my third year of medical school towards the end of the third year, so exciting times. Super. Um, oh my gosh, I can't wait to chat with you. So you're in, you're in LA, you're in medical school. What, what's going on right now? What are you excited about? Tell us a little bit about your life as a medical student at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, a ton going on in the, you know, medical world, obviously, as we're all in this um, pandemic together. And just being, you know, in the middle of my medical education, um, uh, during the third year of medical school is when students um, kind of transition from the first couple years of like learning in the classroom, like kind of you would in college, um, to being in the hospital, seeing patients every day, we're usually in the hospital about six days a week and, you know, for up to 80 hours a week. And that's where we do the bulk of our learning, um, seeing diseases in uh, real life. So that's kind of been all of third year. And then around um, mid-March is kind of when all of that was um, kind of upended uh, for students. And we kind of, we got taken out of our rotations. So it was definitely, I think, affected us differently than a lot of students where their coursework can naturally go online. It's kind of harder to do that when your your education is learning from people that you're supposed to see that are sick in the hospital. Wow. So were you taking patients yourself? Were you working in a hospital or in a clinic? What did that, what did your day-to-day look like? Yeah. Yeah. So I was um, in February and March, I was on a really fun rotation, my pediatrics rotation. Um, oh. so that was super cool. Um, part of the rotation was just generally um, dealing with patient, uh, any pediatric patient that was in the hospital for a variety of reasons. They ranged from like little kids with infections, um, like meningitis and things like that, up to, you know, 18, 20 year olds with, you know, broken limbs, etc. So that was part of the rotation. Then um, another part, actually my favorite part of the rotation was um, a week of on the nursery service. So that was just dealing with really new cute babies um, (laughs) for their first uh, one to three days of life, just making sure they're adapting to the world um, well, bonding with their their parents and having, um, you know, safe follow-up for when they they go, go home. So that was super fun. Um, and it was at the end of my nursery rotation where I, I got um, pulled out from, from the hospital. Oh, that's too bad. Were they worried about your safety your, of the medical students? Yeah, so it was a really, it's, yeah, it was a really um, like interesting conversation just nationally among medical schools. 
um, with you know, third year students and also fourth year students that are in the hospital um, because there was issues of uh, like having enough PPE, uh, personal protective equipment for everybody. Um, and also just the issue of being um, like a vector of this for this virus of, mm. you know, just being an asymptomatic carrier and, you know, what, you know, ramifications that can have on public health. And again, like at this time in March, we were just, we were learning day by day of, you know, can people transmit this virus asymptomatically? So there were a lot of unknowns at that time that we, you know, now know, um, looking back where like we, I think nationally they made the right decision in pulling us from the rotation, our rotations. Wow. But even though you're not able to be in the practicum, in the hospital or in the clinic, are you still being evaluated? Do you still take tests? Do you still, are you still graded? What does that part of your schooling look like now if you've been taken out of the area that was your main learning source? Yeah, so a lot of this, these decisions are still kind of yet to be made and are being actively discussed like at our um, school and, you know, again, nationally by, you know, the accreditation boards for medical schools. Um, we've converted to like, you know, like most people um, uh, in school, uh, virtual curriculum. So we have, you know, hours of uh, Zoom lectures a day. Um, I'm now on um, my OBGYN rotations. And um, that's obstetrics and gynecology. And we're doing we've had the past three weeks of just having Zoom lectures every day from all of these OB-GYN um, specialists in different fields. And um, so right now, we've been focusing mainly on just like learning what we can at home and until we're able to resume in clinic um, to kind of be a more uh, fairly evaluated in person. So for right now, we're getting evaluated by these COVID-related rotations, credit, no credit. Oh, interesting. So if you're credit, no credit right now, were you getting graded before, meaning earlier in third year? Yeah, yeah. We, um, in medical schools, differ across the country and how they grade students. Um, during our first two years, we got all pass-fail grades when we were, you know, learning in traditional lecture halls. And um, during third year, we'll, we kind of have a tiered grading system, um, ranging from like honors, high pass, pass, and fail. Um, mm -hmm. And then, so that's been, we've converted from that tiered grading system for the time being for these COVID-related clerkships to credit, no credit, which I think just is realistic and fair to students and um, faculty that are teaching and just kind of, you know, simplifying things as much as possible during these challenging times because there's, there's obviously a lot bigger social issues and public health issues at the forefront. True, true. I know a lot of students are worried, you know, oh, if my grades get taken away, you know, what, what will schools think of me or what will my next employers think of me, whatever that next level is. But, but it's pretty understood in, in the medical universe that this pass fail is fine for now and you'll just be evaluated on other things. Tell me what the overall. Yeah, I hope I, I can't say for certain yet. Like a lot of these conversations are actively happening um, on a national level and kind of, you know, like high school students applying to college and college students that worry about their grades for whether they're going to be applying to jo jobs directly after college or graduate school programs. Um, for medical schools, we, medical school students will worry about, you know, how residency program directors and fac uh, faculty that review our 
applications for residency will, will view, you know, these grading changes. But um, I mean, just my, even though nothing official has been um, released and uh, by different specialty programs, um, I mean, I think just going back to this core principles that I think a lot of us can rely on during these challenging times is just, you know, being fair, being sympathetic to these challenging situations and how they're all affecting us, you know, similarly, but also differently in a lot of ways. Um, Cause we all live unique lives and have, you know, unique relationships with people that are more affected than not. So I think at the end of the day, um, everybody's going to err on the side of just being sympathetic. Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely a kinder, gentler version of, what it would have been before because everybody is experiencing, you know, all of these different circumstances. And I think it's making everyone a little nicer in the end, right? Would you say that before medical school was very cutthroat and very get the grade and do your best and yeah, it, now it, it, can, it can be, which is kind of, I think like ironic now kind of being towards the end of my, my third year. Um, Cause yeah. I think, you know, as doctors, I think we want to, you know, really, um, promote, you know, just doing what's like always best for the patient and, um, you know, focusing on, you know, everybody's mental and physical well-being and just creating for like students and teachers alike, just a positive learning environment. And I think sometimes it's like competitive nature can really take away from it, especially once you get to a higher level of education where like everybody got had, everybody was really accomplished getting into it. And, um, at some point you kind of ask yourself like, what's the philosophy behind this? Um, yeah. But uh, I think in general, a, a big thing, I think just across the board outside of just the medical education universes, I think people like you're, you said are, are trying to be kinder. And I think it maybe in a lot of instances, it's made us all like reevaluate our priorities a bit. And I know I have, um, and I mean, for that I'm thankful. Um, for, for this situation to teach me. Well, I, I, I have to say for the people listening, everyone listening, that Chris already is one of the most wonderful human beings on the planet. So if, <laughs> if we're all erring on the side of kindness, we're going more towards where you were already, Chris. So hopefully everybody's <laughs> definitely like operating out of your book for sure. I'm glad to hear that because you will be the most amazing doctor anyone's ever seen, I know. You already have that kind, gentle heart. Thank you, appreciate it. Of course, of course. So, okay, well that sounds like, you know, conversations are in progress. You're just taking it one day at a time. So tell us a little bit about your routine and your point of view now as a student. So what is kind of your biggest hurdle right now? What's your biggest challenge, would you say? Yeah. so as a student right now, um, like where I am in my medical education, it's really important to, um, at this time of year, when we're transitioning into our final year, right before we submit our residency applications, um, we'll want to kind of do uh, what are called like um, sub-internships. And that's before we start our residency, um, we will apply and rotate at different programs, maybe at our home institution or at different programs across the country and maybe a specialty that we're interested in. And that's really like an audition opportunity to kind of, you know, um, show the people that you're working with that you're, you know, really interested in in this um, and passionate about this subject and that 
you know, you want to work with them, but also for you to get a sense for the program, like, do I kind of like the culture here? Do I feel like I fit in? Do I feel happy here? Do I feel like I can really learn and grow and be like the doctor and person I want to be here? Um, so it's, you know, really important. It's a really important time, I would say, from, you know, end of May until uh, September for a lot of medical students, because that's kind of the main time for these um for these important decisions to be made of like where you want to end up applying for residency training, which is another typically three to seven, eight years. Student for life. <laughs> I told you I was a lifer from the start. <laughs> we will have Chris back on the show because he is a student for yeah, life. Don't worry, Penny, you won't be ending your <laughs> podcast anytime soon. <laughs> so it sounds like that's a big decision. Are you leaning towards any one place or are you still experimenting and trying things on for uh like where i'd like to go yeah. for residency mm -hmm. i mean it's really tough to answer that because i really only know ukla at this time at this point um yeah i mean i know a little bit just from like uh, my my home and uh, my undergrad institution where i went to but mm -hmm. not i don't know how like their medical program is so without doing those away rotations like right i kind of really don't even know just the geography of the place and just how buildings look or anything. <laughs> totally. All right. You'll have to keep us posted then on how you get to test it out. Fascinating. Okay. So what would you say um, now that you're at home, what, what takes up most of your time and how are you managing your time? Do you have a system? Have you been good about waking up at a certain time and being on schedule? What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely, it's built in place, luckily, with our um, Zoom lectures that we're having. So right now, like I said, for my ob gyne rotations, um, we typically will have lecture by 8 or 9 a.m. in the morning. So it's, I'm, in general, I, med school's made me an, an earlier bird than what I even was before. Mind you, for example, during my surgery rotation, I was waking up oftentimes at ungodly hours, some would say, <laughs> like 3.30, 4 a.m. Um, to be in the hospital by 4.30 or 5 a.m. Um, so I was used to waking up early. Now, luckily, I can sleep in still till about 6 to 7 a.m. Um, so for me, that's sleeping in, but um, I'm. It, it's nice at least to know that I can get a full night of sleep every night and not have to get up early for that part of things. Um, but I'll have lecture typically by 9 a.m. Um, for several hours. We'll have one-on-one -on -one sessions too, where I'll still like try and do like a patient um, uh, medical student kind of interaction through Zoom um, to still kind of practice with standardized patients um, that are presenting with certain symptoms. Um, so they're still trying to like get that clinical aspect in like in the best way possible. And we are literally limited to being in our homes. Um, so they're doing the best that they can in that part. Um, so all of that stuff will typically take up until the early to late afternoon. And then I'll try and maybe work on some projects that now I can dedicate more time to that um, I have to be home all the time. Wow, that's wonderful. That's, yeah. that's interesting, too, that you have to manage in that new way. And we're glad you're not waking up at ungodly hours anymore. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, many students right now are enjoying sleeping in till 10. 10 30 11 positive effects on people's on, on people just you know physical health mental i agree health. i agree everybody's going to be growing a lot this spring yeah i i think so 
Okay, let's rapid fire a little here, Chris. What do you think? Um, a trick or a tip that has changed or revolutionized your life? What would you say, student-wise? Trick or tip? In general, like when when studying, I think like I found it most helpful helpful to study as actively as possible. Like whenever I'm studying new concept, I you know try and just remind myself: Am I doing this the most active? way most engaging way versus passive you know like reading and highlighting um and um would be considered more passive and just skimming things versus active like actively doing a lot of questions which like any medical student will know you're constantly just doing practice questions reading clinical scenarios answering multiple choice questions so that would be kind of more active and other things like um uh you know, flashcards and things like that. So any anything active and the most active, I think, being, you know, uh, teaching a concept back to somebody. So I think there, there's, a, there's a good saying of, um, I don't know if it's in medicine, surgery, or just in the medical field in general, like during education, you like, you see one, you do one, you teach one. So I think that's like a good, good thing that I'll try and take forward with me, especially as I hopefully grow to one day teach, you know, medical students when hopefully I'm a resident, um, to have them, you know, kind of watch me do something, you know, get comfortable with it, ask any questions about it, then you do it yourself. So you get that hands-on practice, whether it's just doing a simple procedure or something, but then you, then the final step of, you know, mastery is if you're able to successfully teach somebody. Wonderful. That's a great piece of advice, Chris. Thank you. I think every student can apply that. See one, do one, teach one. Yeah, it's great. Excellent. I'm taking, I'm putting that in my pocket too. Thank you, Chris. Um, what are you most proud of? Oh, what am I? I that's a tough question. <laughs> I, I'm here I, for the tough question. Yeah. What am I most proud of? I mean, like on paper, it's tough because like, you know, I think like obvious things like on paper, it's like, oh, you're, in medical school like that must have been hard you must have been smart or hardworking or this or that but for me I would say like at the end of the day um like I'm I'm most proud of just you know valuing people and their experiences and their feelings and making time for them um and prioritizing like that a lot more than you know, more selfish things that I view for it, like myself. It's kind of interesting because like to get to medical school, I had to really devote a lot of time to myself, like just sacrifice a lot of hours. Everything was very like me, me, me focused on studying and this and that. And I, I've kind of toned it down a little bit recently in the past couple of years where it's like, it's okay to not only focus on like, you know, getting myself to the next level because I find it more valuable to like, just connect with other people because at the end of the day we're human and I think that's most important you know no matter what like field you're in where you are and at in life like you can always like connect with people no matter how different you think you, you might be from each other beautiful Chris oh, that is so sweet I I agree with you 100% again just validating what I said earlier that you are a wonderful human being who will be the most amazing doctor ever because you have that that kindness about you and you're right you did have to be kind of selfish we'll say in the loose yeah not like like, the negative connotation exactly but like think about what you needed to do to get ahead and get where you wanted to be to forward your career and your education but you're giving back tenfold i know you are 
wonderful. Love it. Thank you, Tani. You're welcome. All right, I'm going to keep rapid firing at you before we wrap this right. up. So if you were a listener right now, what would you be cleaning up? Because this is eight minute cleanup. Mm, yeah, so I would say my like work area right now during um, sheltering in place is always a little scattered with, you know, some papers like research papers I might be reading or working on or, you know, just things like that. So just cleaning up my desk area is always something that I could do daily and don't always do, to be honest. Sing it, sing it, my friend. The desk area, yeah. definitely. Because once you get that all set up, I just feel like you have a clear area to work. Your mind is clear and you can just think clearly and be more efficient. I should, 100%. I need to clean it right after I'm done. <laughs> you got it. Now, see, take the momentum from our interview and clean it up. There you go. Um, finish these sentences. I'm most myself when. Hmm. It's a good one. I would say I'm most myself when I just feel like good energy from people being very approachable, non-judgmental, um, people that like to laugh. Um, it makes me feel like they're, you know, laid back and kind of don't take life too seriously. Great. I feel fully alive when? I feel fully alive. I would say when I like being like outside with people in nature. And then I would also say just in general, like having really rich, fun conversations, whether it's just at dinner eating. I, oh yeah. I mean, definitely, you know me, Penny, I love eating. So I would say eating outside <laughs> nature with people telling great stories. That would make me feel most alive. Love it. When people see me doing great at something, they don't know that I. Oh, secretly think I'm not doing very good and or, or secretly knowing uh, not knowing that I'm self-doubting myself all the time but it helps that they might believe in me because oftentimes I don't believe in myself <laughs> true yeah 100% um, what do you wish you had known when you started out when I started out where well let's say like when you realize that that you were taking school seriously and you wanted to kind of push yourself more to the next level, right? There had to be that moment where, yeah. you know, you went from just being a kid in totally. school to, wow, I, I can do this. Yeah. What do you wish you had known, would you say? I mean, looking back now, I would say, I wish I knew that my foot didn't have to be pressed down to the gas on the acceleration so hard. I didn't have I didn't have to go that fast to be where I was and um, I think some I wish I had maybe known sometimes by going too fast maybe I was just missing out on the the view and the present that I could have taken in a little more. That's that's very sweet to say. Yeah, I agree. You would have ended up getting there, huh? If you just take and the yeah, I think that applies. Like you know, in a lot of just instances in our life where we feel like we're you know our minds are so busy with so many things we're just going going and sometimes it's just nice to just you know sit back and smell the roses is that what they say yeah yeah it's always good always good to smell the roses fabulous chris well let's leave our listeners with one more thing one piece of advice that you would give our cleanup crew right now who are wise students who are listening what would you say i would say you know wherever you're at in your you know education in general I would say you can do it all your self-doubts are just 
your own worst enemy and a lot of people believe in you. And when you ask them, they'll tell you the truth that they believe in you and you may not believe them, but they're telling you the truth. And I think just going with that forward, um, no matter where your education takes you, because it never ends. Even when you're done, like quote unquote, your, your education, you get whatever degree your goal is, like life is all about learning from, and I think the best learning is from people and each other. Oh, thank you, Chris. That's a great note to end on. It was so wonderful talking with you today. Thank you for taking the, the time. I've loved having you. Oh, thank you, Penny. You're doing great things for, for all of us students during this time. So we appreciate you. Thank you, Chris. All right. Thank you so much. Love you. And we'll talk soon. Okay. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you're feeling it, subscribe and tell your friends. Ready for more tips and tricks? Follow us on Instagram at wisestudentofficial and check out our programs at wisestudent.com. Can't wait to see you again at our next 8-Minute Cleanup. Bye for now.